think knowing certain things about yourself that can help you kind of set yourself up for success. creative souls a quick note before we dive into this week's episode if you haven't left a review yet it would be really helpful thing to do to support what we're doing it doesn't take very long and you can do it straight from the apple podcast app on your phone or in itunes on your computer and in case you're not sure what show we're asking you to leave a review for you are listening to never wear boring socks and i am your host anna barnard and i'm maria ramsey i'm also your host And I would like to know, Anna, are you wearing boring socks? (gasps) Maria, I would never wear boring socks. I'm wearing non-boring socks. What do your non-boring socks look like? (laughs) My non-boring socks are very floral. I think I've worn them before for an episode. We're definitely getting into the repeat sock stage. It's inevitable. Yeah. It's okay, though, because just uh, it's like a a constant but a variable you know yeah and they're still not boring exactly that's what's important repetition is not always boring right so they are black socks but they have a bunch of flowers all over them and they're mostly pink and orange and yellowy shades and these are one of my favorite pairs of socks and I like that they're flowery. I think they're very fitting for summertime. They also kind of go with my outfit because I'm wearing like a black shirt, kind of simple. So they kind of bring some pizzazz. Very nice. Yeah. What socks are you wearing? Are you wearing boring socks? Of course not. Why would I be wearing boring socks, Anna? (laughs) I'm wearing very exciting socks. They're polka dotted. They're actually definitely not my most exciting pair, but they do have polka dots. They're gray with black and white polka dots. Yeah, kind of in diagonal stripey things. And I don't really know why I'm wearing them today. I guess they're ankle socks and I don't have a ton of ankle socks, but it's really hot. So I didn't want to put on something longer than that. Yeah, that's all I have to say about my socks today. Well, they sound very lovely. They're very nice. So what are we talking about today, Maria? We are talking about self-knowledge, specifically what tools we use to get to know ourselves better and how that's helpful. So I think we should start with how it is helpful, specifically in the realms of creativity and wellness. So Anna, how do you think self-knowledge and getting to know ourselves better benefits us in terms of our creativity and well-being? Yeah, um, this is a tricky question to answer just because I think self-knowledge itself is so tricky to attain. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like I'm always sort of in an identity crisis and I'm always like, is this how I identify? Is this true about me? Is I don't think it's true? just you. <laughs> yeah, I assume not. But um, yeah, yeah, I just because we're so we're we're changing so often, it's really tough. Um, but I think what's great about self-knowledge is that we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but it's good when self-knowledge goes into the realm of self-compassion and self-acceptance rather than hammering out our distinct traits that are never changing or anything like that. Um, it's more about getting to know yourself so you can be be more in tune to what you need i think which is where it is really helpful for creativity and well-being um for creativity i think it's helpful to know yourself in order to kind of stay true to 
a voice that you might be trying to portray or to get more in touch with what you really want to be creating um, and kind of what values you want to be representing with your art. Um, something I, I've seen a lot of writers on blogs talking about how it's important to know your own voice and, and, and know yourself well before you start writing. And I saw one um, writer has this program called finding out your writer's DNA, which I thought was really interesting. Hmm. interesting. Um, and it kind of is this idea that if you do a lot of kind of like self exploratory writing prompts and practices, you can kind of figure out what your voice is and what's important to you and how that's going to influence your art, which I thought was really fascinating. And I plan to do it eventually. I haven't gotten to it yet, but I've like downloaded the little course thing. Um, but I think that really gets to the idea of the better we know ourselves, the more authentic we can be. And it's always really tricky, but I think that helps us to create better art. I think authentic art is always more relatable to other people. Mm -hmm. um, and along with well-being, I think self-knowledge is important for just being in tune with what we need. So if we know that our bodies tend to do this or our minds tend to do this other thing, then kind of being on the lookout for that and knowing what works for us in certain times, or even if you just have a couple things that you know will work for you, if you're in a situation where you might be feeling stressed or something like that, knowing some things that will work goes along with self-knowledge and that can really help with well-being. Yeah, I agree with you. I like that you pointed out kind of the difference between self-knowledge for really cultivating self-compassion versus like finding a set of things that always define you and kind yeah. of taking into account the fact that we do change quite a bit over time. And I think it's important to always be working to get to know yourself better like some of these tools that we're going to talk about today i think it's important to not just like do them once and then be like oh i've figured out myself because <laughs> we're all very complex layered beings and we're always changing so right. i think it's helpful to recognize that yeah and even with like like a personality test which we're going to talk about um you might take like this has happened to me where i've taken the myers-briggs test over like several years like I took it several years ago and I got one thing and then I had to take it this year for an internship that I do I'm doing because the internship that I that I do kind of bases what roles we're doing based on like our personality and our on our skills and our strengths and so I took it again and I got the same personality but it also provides you with specific percentages of the different types you are mm -hmm. so even though you might right. be the same personality you might not be the same percentages of each one you you're always kind of fluctuating so i think just tools like that are helpful in allowing for kind of acceptance or accepting to change or at least if you're being accepting of change you can use those tools in a way that helps promote self-compassion right and i think yeah, like you said, you can change kind of within the boundaries of what you already knew about yourself. Mm -hmm. You can even change sometimes, I think, to a different uh, personality type. I mean, people oh, totally. don't come in types, yeah. obviously, but your personality can definitely change over time. And like, speaking of the Myers-Briggs, I have gotten a different result on it recently than what I got a few years ago or several years ago, I guess. But and I think it also has to do with the tools that you are using and how they're structured exactly and the whatever test you're taking or tool you're using, if you're using it in a different context later on, that might show some other things that you didn't see the first time. Yeah, for sure. And just going back to what we talked about last week and how you brought up this term of dogmatism when we're looking at wellness practices and things like that. I think it's the same with self-knowledge things. It's always as much as you want to know yourself and kind of nail that down and and have a sense of who you are at various points in your life, it's always going to be changing, so you always have to kind of take it with a grain of salt and I think the best way to do that is just be accepting of yourself because sometimes 
you might act in a way that you don't think is synonymous with who you are or something like that. And that doesn't mean that you have completely changed as a person necessarily, but if we're accepting of ourselves when we might do things that we aren't happy about that we did or something that makes us look at ourselves in a different way, we can be accepting of that rather than really dogmatic and deterministic about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And I like that you keep coming back to self-compassion and self-acceptance because for me, that is one of the main benefits, I think, of using some of the tools that we're going to talk about to get to know myself better. Because if I can understand kind of my quirks and sort of the reasons behind why I might do certain things or having a framework to look at certain aspects of myself, it really makes me more understanding and like more willing to forgive those things that I might not like. Right. The framework is helpful in that. For sure. Yeah. Are there any other things that that come up to you when you're thinking about how self-knowledge can benefit us? Yeah. I mean, I think that self-knowledge is helpful if we're trying to implement a certain habit or routine, particularly in terms of creativity or wellness, if you want to start writing every day or you want to start going for a walk every morning or something. I think knowing certain things about yourself that can help you kind of set yourself up for success and lead to less frustration and less follow through is useful. And I think also it helps us interact better sometimes with the people around us and the world around us if we understand sort of where we're coming from and particularly how that might differ from where other people are coming from. If we can see we have this certain personality trait that not everybody else has, it can make us more empathetic towards other people that are coming from a different place. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. I haven't even really thought about that much in the context of this discussion of self-knowledge, but now that you mentioned that, self-knowledge isn't just about finding out what we are, but finding out what we aren't. And when we find out what we are not, we realize that other people can be those things, and that's okay, and Mm -hmm. that we can be accepting of those other types of people. I think that's where personality tests and things like that although sometimes they can be kind of restrictive what's nice about like the typing i guess is that you can relate your type to other people's and so it kind of helps sometimes it doesn't always work perfectly but it can help with with figuring out how you might relate to someone else and you can be like oh i'm this type and they might say oh i'm i'm this type and you might have certain things in common and certain things that are different and Blah blah blah. I think that can be a really cool tool with self knowledge and helping you interact with other people. Yeah, I'm really yeah. glad you brought and, that up. And like you said, it's not a complete picture. It's not going to be 100 percent helpful, but it could give you a starting point. Yeah, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Which is still like like you said earlier, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Not just trust whatever it says about your relationship with this person just because you read something that says that, but kind of recognizing where the truths are and what might be useful to you. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And the last kind of point that I would like to make about how self-knowledge can benefit our creativity is if we're trying to work creativity into our work life or our career, sort of build a creative career for ourselves, there are so many options under that umbrella. And I think a lot of us who consider ourselves creative and even within the artsy side of creative have a lot of different interests within that and I think that knowing yourself and what specifically you like about your craft and your art can be helpful in determining how you want to work that into your work life because there's a lot of different ways to do it yeah that's really true and especially because careers are always changing just like we're always changing Mm -hmm. so i think as if we're if we're more aware of what our values are and what we know about ourselves then as new job opportunities come up we can 
kind of go with the flow and be able to say, is that for me or is it not for me? Yeah. Right. Right. That knowing yourself is makes it easier to determine that. Yeah, for sure. So, shall we get into some tools that we use for self-knowledge? We shall. So the first one, which may perhaps sound familiar from past episodes of our podcast, is journaling. (gasps) Journaling? Journaling. Do do explain. (laughs) Well, it's when you have a notebook that's empty, and you take a pen, (laughs) and you write in it your deepest feelings and desires and you scribble things and there's lots of different ways to do it Mm -hmm. and how does it help with self-knowledge well the reason that i think i think there are a few different reasons the main reason i've found is that it really encourages us to slow down and engage with thoughts and parts of our brain and parts of ourselves that we might not if we're just like going through our lives busily and not really taking the time to delve into these murkier, deeper parts of our brain. And I think it also is an opportunity to ask ourselves questions that we might not otherwise ask ourselves and really dive into, well, why am I afraid of this? And what belief is this? fear coming from and why do I believe that and kind of asking yourself like continuously asking yourself more questions and getting deeper and deeper has been a particularly helpful aspect of journaling for me to get to know myself yeah and I think there's something about journaling that's just so different than if you're just going over it in your brain because if you were if you were asking yourself those questions in your head, it, it would be so easy to just kind of push them aside and not have to answer them. But when you mm-hmm. really write them down and ask yourself them, you're unlikely to just kind of like slam the journal shut if you don't have an answer immediately. <laughs> like you're probably going to want to keep thinking about it until you have something to write down, even if you haven't quite gotten the answer that you're looking for yet. It makes you be more thoughtful about it. Yeah, and sometimes I think it takes a while to get to kind of the the gem of truth behind all these thoughts that we're thinking. Sometimes it's buried pretty deep in there, Yeah, and sometimes it takes a few journaling sessions kind of around the same feelings or the same topics. Mm. Well, okay, I guess I have one thing that I would say about it. Um... The other reason I think why journaling is helpful with self-knowledge, or at least it's different than just going over self-knowledge in your brain, is that it's a really good tool for visualizing things because you're, mm. you're writing or you're drawing. Or I like that. You can use colors or you can use mind maps and stuff like that to figure stuff out, whereas you can't really look at that in your just in your brain. And that kind of goes along with any sort of idea, but it works really well with self-knowledge with journaling. And I think it just gives us a different perspective from which to look at ourselves. Yeah. Well, you reminded me of something else when you were saying that, which is, I think journaling also, since it's like giving you an activity to do, if you're absorbed in the activity of writing, I think that gets you away from your conscious thoughts a little bit more so that you can get to some stuff that you might not get to if you were just trying to think about it because like you said sometimes you don't really have an answer to the question you're asking but if you kind of just let your hand keep writing maybe you're not going to answer that question but you'll probably come to something interesting right it might not be the answer you were necessarily looking for but maybe you'll find an answer to something else yeah whereas i feel like if you're trying to do it really thinkingly also not a word but you know what i mean like cognitively what word am i looking for consciously i i know what you're let's saying let's go with thinkingly yeah, i like word. thinkingly if you do it really thinkingly then like you get caught up in all this brain gunk kind of like we were talking about before about clearing out the gunk of your brain when you're journaling yeah Definitely. But this, it kind of 
cuts through that in a way. Well, or it can. Yeah, and this is also going back to I think I mentioned this maybe last week or the week before. The idea there's this Buddhist idea that you, like the core of yourself is like always deep down within you, mm-hmm. but it like always basic goodness, right? But it always kind of gets like covered up by whatever experiences you have. Like the experiences that you have every day and the people you interact with are always going to be influencing who you are. So, which is which is great. I mean, that's how it should be. But sometimes we need to get through that to see ourselves more clearly and get to like the root of ourselves. And not that's that's not that that's always going to be one thing, but I think that's where like the clearing out the gunk kind of comes in. It mm-hmm. it gets more to really like deep down what we know about ourselves. Yeah, yeah, I like how you put that. So another thing that we wanted to talk about, which we mentioned a little bit ago, is personality tests. So. Like we mentioned, these are, of course, limited because people don't really fit into neat categories or types of people, but they can provide some useful information. They can provide a starting point and they can provide some valuable things, even if not everything in them is true or useful. Yes. So. We talked about this a little bit when we were talking to Rebecca Cooper. I think this was episode. 10 we talked a little bit about some personality aspects and we we mentioned Gretchen Rubin's frameworks because she has a few different a few different frameworks that she uses like the four tendencies that she talks about which is about how you respond to inner and outer expectations so if you're more interested in more of that that's in episode 10 and i think this kind of thing is especially helpful for habits. A lot of Gretchen Rubin's work is about habits, but knowing how well you respond to your own expectations and how well you respond to other people's expectations of you can be helpful in kind of forming habits that you want to form. Yeah. Well, personality tests have been kind of on my mind a lot recently because they've just been showing up in my life this summer for some reason Hmm. so like like i mentioned a little bit earlier i am doing an internship this summer and before i started the internship i had to take quite a few personality and strengths tests and then yeah and then i would do an interview with an hr person and they would kind of place me into a role that they thought was best suited to my personality and my strengths which that's kind of cool. It was cool. It was a really cool experience because it was very flexible and I got kind of got to have like some input into what I would be doing and like what actually would work for me. Um, and I think it's a really interesting way to look at what positions you would be you would be skilled in um, because I ended up mm-hmm. doing a position that I didn't think I would be doing, but it's actually been pretty well fitted to what my strengths are. So what was interesting about that for me is that I've never, I've always like, I've, I'm, I just find personality tests to be very interesting because I think you can glean information from them, even though they might not always be correct. Um, but I've always kind of just taken like one and then I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then I might take another one like a few months later, or even like a couple years later and find out something more about me. But I took like a bunch of them in one sitting And what was interesting about that is that that really allowed me to kind of pick out what I thought was accurate and what wasn't because I was getting so much information Mm. and then I could better get in tune with what I thought was true to myself and what I didn't think was true to myself because I had more feedback to work with, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I feel like each personality test gives you like a little slice of your personality yeah. but none of them can be comprehensive right and so i was getting these results back and there were a couple where i was like i just don't really think that's super fitting for me but there were mm-hmm. quite a few things where i was like yeah that's really true for me that's interesting or like it's true for me but i didn't think about that or i didn't think about myself in that way before so like that was cool mm-hmm. that was a rewarding experience for me um and another reason why i've been thinking about personality tests is because 
I've been working on this novel this summer and I've been having to do character stuff. And one thing some people suggest is doing Myers-Briggs personality tests like on your characters, which I think is interesting because there's kind of a debate on like whether or not you should do that or not, because it's like Myers-Briggs is already hard enough to put like real people into. And so Mm -hmm. if you're crafting someone, is that really going to work with like a personality test but i think what's helpful about it is that because myers-briggs so the myers-briggs test has like four different categories it's like extroversion or introversion intuitive or sensing um thinking or feeling and then like judging or perceiving perceiving. i think is the other one yes yes thank you and those that doesn't give you a lot of information about what they say, but essentially a lot of it is actually like how you do react to situations and expectations of you. So extroversion or introversion we think of as like being outgoing or being quiet, but it's not that simple. It's more like how do you interact with people when you're in a certain situation or like how are you going to solve a problem if you're confronted with it this way? Like are you going to take a more um, like feet first kind of perspective or are you going to be more thoughtful about it things like that so i think Mm. the reason why it's helpful for looking at at how we define ourselves or how we define characters is that it helps us to know how we react to things so like if i'm writing a scene with a character and this something is happening and then i'm like what are they going to decide to do if i have like a somewhat i like an idea of what their personality type is and i know that they're um, let's say extroverted instead of introverted, I know that they would be outspoken in that situation or whatever. Mm-hmm. So although it's not always helpful for like defining your personality, because the thing about the Myers-Briggs stuff is there's so much information online that's like ENFPs are always like this. Or if you're in Is that I, your type? That's my type. Or it's like, if, <laughs> it's like ISTJs are really compatible with these people and i'm like okay like we're all different here but (laughs) and sometimes they have truth sometimes they do but i think what's helpful um is knowing like how you react to things and if you look at it with like the categories i think that can be really interesting so that's Mm -hmm. like kind of where it's been fitting into my life recently but i just thought yeah it's interesting how personality tests can kind of lend themselves to you in different ways and work in different ways even though they're just meant i think bottom line they're meant to be like this is how you generally are but i think they're much more nuanced than that yeah i think a lot of them are like certain ones are helpful for understanding certain aspects of yourself like you said maybe one is helpful for understanding how you react to a certain situation did you find a lot of overlap between things? Like, did that affirm anything that you were finding, if there was overlap between different tests? Oh, sure. Yeah, well, another thing, well, there's also, like, the Enneagram, which I just found yeah. out about this year, actually. I have some friends who are super into that Really? One, okay. So I've heard about it. <laughs> well, it, the Enneagram's really interesting, because that's one where you can kind of, like, compare with Myers-Briggs, and they're not exactly the same thing, but it's interesting yeah. to, like, see the overlap on it. And isn't Enneagram, isn't that specifically just how you interact in certain situations? It's not as much personality. That's a good question. I'm not like sure, that. like, how they would define yeah. it. Yeah. I did find, at one point, some chart of, like, the relationship between Myers-Briggs and Enneagram. And if you're this type, how likely are you to be this type in Enneagram? Yeah. Which was interesting because there's definitely some overlap, but also definitely some things that are, could be very different. Yeah, for sure. No. And so like, I know my Myers-Briggs type and I'm pretty confident that that's like fairly accurate for me. Like that works pretty Mm -hmm. well for me. Um, But I think I took the Enneagram this year or this summer, and I was just like, I don't know if that works for me. Like, yeah. the one I took. So that was really interesting, like, comparing the two and figuring that out. Um, and what was interesting about taking all the tests for my internship was that some of them were personality tests, but some of them were strengths tests, which are a little bit different. And so yeah. 
I took a more strengths test, and that one was where I could really see like overlap, and then I could kind of see the outliers because I was taking a lot of those. So that was that was helpful. Yeah, if you take a bunch of them and then you're kind of like, this keeps coming up, then you're like, okay, maybe I should explore that more. <laughs> right, right. Was there anything from taking all these different tests? Is there any one that was most helpful or any kind of takeaways that you felt were particularly useful to you after taking all of these? Um, I particularly liked the strengths tests where they gave you like kind of five core strengths rather than mm-hmm. the test where it was like, this is your type, because then you only yeah. had like one thing to go on. There was this one test that was like how you react to things but then it gave you types there were like four types and they were each in terms of a terms of a bird so Hmm. there was i think there was a peacock a dove an owl and uh i don't remember the other one there's another one flamingo can i be a flamingo there wasn't a flamingo which is disappointing Disappointing. i know but i was so that test wouldn't work for me yeah exactly yeah (laughs) so i was a peacock which meant that you okay, were like that's cool too which is cool but i just like didn't it was kind of like you're really outgoing and you like take charge and blah 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 and i was like well i don't really know if that's totally true like part of that is true but not completely and that was one where i was just like that type is not just working specifically yeah. for me but then there were other ones where i got like five different strengths and that was really interesting because there was a few that I was like, yes, that's definitely true for me. And then there were a couple that I thought, I think that might be true for me, but I never thought about myself in that way. And so that was interesting mm-hmm. because you had more to go off of. And so I think that's what I found most rewarding about those. Okay. I like the strengths test too. What I particularly like about those is that they're telling you things like good things to focus yeah. on, which I think is valuable versus... Like the Enneagram, for example, I really feel like is kind of telling you what's wrong with you. Yeah, it is a little <laughs> like bit. There are yeah. strengths in there also, but it's definitely a lot of like, these are your downfalls. <laughs> well, no, because like when I was trying to do character stuff, there was this thing online. It was like, use the Enneagram to find out your character's fatal flaw. And I was like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) But then on the other hand, it's kind of accurate. Like the the thing that it told me about me based on my type, that's pretty true. And it like kind of is my, I wouldn't want to say fatal flaw. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a fatal flaw, but it definitely is like something that stands in my way a lot. Mm -hmm. A major stumbling block. So. Right. So it can be helpful. But yeah, I like the strengths ones because they're much more optimistic i think yeah (laughs) and it's things that you can curate although it is good to know your weaknesses it's also good to know that it is yeah i think that's important with self-knowledge which we haven't really talked about is that self-knowledge is not just knowing like what you're good at but it's also knowing what things you don't like about yourself right well and the interesting thing about the strengths test is you can scroll all the way down to the bottom and find your bottom strengths yeah which does, like, that is kind of depressing because then it sounds like you're not really bad at these <laughs> <Yeah>. good things. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not funny <laughs> or whatever. You know, so it depends. Yeah. All of this is, I think, as long as you... I think the reason, another reason why it helps us find self-knowledge is that it helps us be critical about ourselves if we look at mm-hmm. it that way. If we're like, well, this works, but I don't know if this just like doesn't feel right to me. I think personality tests could give you like a gut reaction, which can help mm-hmm. narrow some things down sometimes. Yeah, I really agree with you. And actually, that I think that is one of the most valuable things about sort of personality tests is that it does, we can tell pretty quickly what resonates and what doesn't like for example when I was taking the Myers-Briggs like back in college it kept telling me that I was an INFJ and I would read the description and I'd be like okay like I guess that could be me sure but there was nothing it didn't feel like wow that really sounds like me like these are some interesting takeaways that I can use in my life 
it was kind of like, eh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. And then I took, I took it again more recently on a different site and it told me I was an INFP and like reading the description of J versus P, I sound more like a J, but like the INFP description, I was like, yes, this sounds very accurate. Like this all sounds so familiar. So it was just an interesting thing about like trusting myself and knowing what is true about the personality tests that I'm taking and the knowledge that I'm getting about myself because the first result that's the result that I got but it didn't feel super accurate whereas the the later time that I took the test it felt more accurate and that time was more useful had more like interesting things for me to think about yeah yeah for sure well and maybe your personality changed over the years too I think one thing that's yeah. been I've talked about this a little bit. I think I did this talked about this last season a bit about how I've been struggling with figuring out if I'm an introvert or an extrovert because maybe you're an ambivert. I might be an ambivert, but I used to be very sure that I was an extrovert. And then I think senior year of high school, I really was getting like overstimulated by people all the time, so then I was like, "Oh, I might mm-hmm. be an introvert." And then when I got to college, I had a really hard time being outgoing with new people, especially in my classes, because I'd been in the same school district all through elementary school up till high school. So in classes, I was like comfortable with people and could talk well and blah, blah, blah. But then when I got to Mm -hmm. college, because I didn't really know anyone, I was really reserved, which was really interesting to me because I might have said this earlier, but there was one day when like a mutual friend of my sister and I, who I know well now, but didn't know that well then, went up to Martha, my sister, and was like, your sister is really quiet. And I don't know if anyone's described me as being really quiet. (laughs) So I think, and I think part of that was just like the situation I was in. It was a big transition. And so that, and then I took the Myers-Briggs test again this year, and I'm still an ENFP, but I think I am like very much on the border of the extroversion introversion. So then mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that makes sense. So from that perspective, that can be helpful. I really like the percentage thing on some of them. Some yeah, of them give you that. And I think I that too. can be helpful. Cause then you're like, okay, well, this is what this personality is like, but this is what this actual category is like. And either I'm really strong in that category, or maybe I'm like kind of on the border. And then you can kind of mm-hmm. take from that, what you will. Yeah. I think it it doesn't even maybe matter too much what the label is, like whether you are an introvert or you're an extrovert, but just kind of knowing these things about yourself and thinking about yourself in that within that framework can give you some interesting perspective on how you interact with people and external stimuli and maybe Maybe neither of those labels feels right, but knowing that you're kind of somewhere in between can still be useful knowledge. Yeah. Indeed. So another tool that we wanted to talk about a bit is astrology, which is, I feel like it's like more talked about now than it used to be. And it's like kind of getting popular. Yeah. And I don't know a lot about it. So I'm going to have Maria talk about this a little bit. Yeah. So some of you listening might be like, oh, you're one of those crazy astrology people who like doesn't believe in science and (laughs) whatever. I do believe in science. I think science is wonderful. And I also think that astrology can be helpful. And so I just want to say, I think one of the reasons why a lot of people are very resistant to astrology, and I definitely was very skeptical for a while as well, is because we're uninformed about it in general. And, like, the only thing that we hear about it is, like, what's your sign? And if you think about it, that doesn't really make any sense. Like, I'm, like, that I would have the same personality as everybody born in the same month? That's ridiculous. I agree with that. And reading a little blurb in the newspaper that says, I'm going to find true love on Wednesday. And so is everybody else who was born in December. Like, that is ridiculous. That makes no sense. But learning more about astrology, it's really not just about that. That's your sun sign. 
or your star sign, the sign that like we all basically know that's more embedded in pop culture. But it's actually much more complicated than that. And it goes into if you do your astrological birth chart, it's sort of a map of the sky when you were born. So it tells you what sign, what zodiac sign you're the sun was in when you were born. What sign was the moon in? What sign was Mercury in? And all these different things can tell you different aspects of yourself. And for me, that is a very useful tool for understanding myself because it's so layered. Like kind of we were talking about earlier about all these personality tests are very narrow and they're just little slices of your personality. I don't think astrology is like going to tell you all the answers about yourself. But I do think it is a very rich, layered way of understanding yourself. And I think it is a useful knowledge, or not knowledge, it's a useful language for talking about how you interact with the world. And for those of us who are mystically and poetically inclined, it feels natural because it's kind of like a magical sounding language like my moon is in pisces so i'm drawn to music and art and the other worldly realms or whatever and what was i gonna say oh i also think astrology is not for everybody i understand that and i think that's fine i think if you think it sounds totally uninteresting don't use it that's that's 100% fine I happen to find it useful I think a lot of people find it useful and I think a good thing to remember is what we were talking about with other personality tests the importance of trusting like trusting your gut on what feels right about what you're learning about yourself because I think there are certain things that might show up in your birth chart that don't feel true to you that just doesn't sound accurate and i think it is really valuable to just to realize what feels right and what doesn't i feel like it's kind of a mirror if that makes sense i don't feel like i'm saying that very articulately i think i kind of get what you're saying um in that um I'm trying to figure out how to articulate it too. <laughs> um, well, when you when you look at like your your astrological birth chart, I think sometimes it can ring very true in kind of an uncanny way. But on the other mm-hmm. hand, it's also not entirely specific. So yeah, like maybe it rings it true vague. for a lot of people, but you find some kind of different meaning from it than someone else does, which is really kind of true for me. So, like, I want to put you on the hot seat a little bit and ask you what you think about this. And like, my thoughts kind of go with what I was just talking about. But yeah, because I'm a twin. Star charts, like my sister and I, like basically have the same star chart because we were born right. and apart, and so we are like not the same person we have very different personalities right so like what would you say about that so this is something that really perplexes me right about astrology i don't really understand the twin thing either the one explanation i've heard is that like you each have a different soul so your soul came to the earth for a different reason it's like acting through your chart in a different way which like fine that's probably true if you want to believe that way um but it's like not entirely helpful in how you <laughs> yeah. interpret your chart because they look the same. But I think like what I get out of that is it is the beauty of astrology and the beauty of kind of any of these self-knowledge tools is what you want to get out of it. Yeah. Like yeah. you might read it and a particular thing will resonate with you and you'll take that with you as a grain of knowledge about yourself that might be helpful. And your sister might not even notice that part because it doesn't feel true for her, but she's going to pull out some other piece that feels true to her. Right. Yeah, that's basically what I basically what I was going to say about it. Because um, I think maybe like a year ago, I 
found out my birth chart online and I read through it and it was just like really accurate to me. I found it really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then I was like, okay, like this is interesting. (laughs) Okay. Um, but then I haven't asked my sister what she has necessarily thought about hers, but maybe she would read it and think the same thing, even though we're different people, because she might pick out certain things from it that would still be really true to her. Yeah. And maybe she wouldn't, and maybe the language of astrology just doesn't resonate with her. Right. And that's fine. She doesn't have to use that tool. Right. But, yeah, because there's a whole question of, like, why would the placement of the planets affect us? It seems, it doesn't make any sense, really. Although, I would like to point out that our planet is very, like, life on our planet is very much affected by other celestial bodies like the sun and the moon that's true like where they are at certain times have huge effects on life on earth so i don't know why wouldn't the other planets that's okay and maybe they don't maybe it is all about just what you interpret and what you don't interpret who knows right i think it all depends on whether you find it helpful or not and if you do then use it if you don't then leave it yeah yeah are there any other tools so. that you want to talk about for self-knowledge? So the last one on my list is also one of the more mystical tools that I've discussed before, but it's tarot. And the reason I think that tarot can be helpful, I don't, a lot of people think it's like fortune telling, which I guess you could use it for that. I don't really believe in it that way i don't really believe in astrology that way either that it's predicting the future because i think there's all these things that we can't predict and there's such a thing as free will and all the people around us have free will so who knows what's going to happen i don't think we can figure that out but i think what it can tell us is it can be a reflection of where we're at in the moment and kind of how we're feeling about something So I think I mentioned this in another episode, too. But like if I pull a certain card. I have a reaction to it. How does the message of that card make me feel? What is it reminding me of in my life? And I like to use it almost as a journal prompt. Like if I ask a question, I pull a card. Then I think about how did that make me feel when I pulled that card? what like how is this reflecting some aspect of my psyche out in the physical world if that makes sense interesting okay yeah like regardless of whether or not the cards have some mystical powers that they're choosing themselves well which again maybe they do yeah and the other thing about that is even whether they do or they don't like let's say they don't let's say you're just like picking up cards it still can always tell you something about what's going on in your life. Like, if you interpret it in a certain exactly. way that, like, allows it to make you think. I think mm-hmm. it's more that just these things provide a space for us to really think about ourselves in a different way. And that's what's exciting and important and useful about them. I agree. I think that is exactly why all of these tools are helpful. It's just because it gives us a framework and a guideline for being self-reflective definitely and i think certain tools resonate more for some people and certain tools resonate more for other people and some of us like to take all of the personality tests and all of the astrology charts and put them all together like i think both of us do (laughs) (laughs) yep and some people are not so interested and that's okay exactly So for our call to action this week, we want to ask our creative souls, what has been your favorite or most helpful tool for self-knowledge? So please let us know. Um, Are there any personality tests we need to be taking? Anything else that you've found? Probably. Probably. There are probably. sure there are more. I also, one thing we didn't talk about, like 
BuzzFeed quizzes, like, what Disney princess are you? Oh, yeah. Helps with self-knowledge, you know? Or the which princess bride character you yeah. are. Yeah. We took that we did. one last Wait. time. Oh, who was that? Who were you? You were the grandfather. I was the grandfather. <laughs> I was Wesley. And, was and my sister that. was Miracle Max. <laughs> Oh yeah. So and Ben was Vizzini. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So of course, there's always BuzzFeed self knowledge. So let us know exactly. Let us know what works for you. Yeah, and you can tell us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Never Wear Boring Socks, or on Twitter at No Boring Socks, or you can send us an email at Never Wear Boring Socks at gmail dot com. Do you have a quote for us today, Anna? I certainly do have a quote. This quote Fabulous. is from Benjamin Franklin. Classic. And Mr. Franklin says, There are three things extremely hard. Steal, a diamond, and to know oneself. Which I think is, is accurate. <laughs> the first time I, I heard, like, steal a diamond, as in stealing a diamond, <laughs> steal, I was like, yeah, I, comma, I think that would be hard. <laughs> a diamond. Comma. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. I was thinking about Pink Panther, where he's like, Steal a or she, I guess, is like sliding along. Sorry if I gave that away for anybody who hasn't seen it. Spoiler sliding alert. along the floor. And, uh, yeah, going under all the lasers and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, it is hard to know yourself. Yeah. No, I just want to recognize that, because as much as we're like, ooh, personality tests and astrology and... We can find so many things out. It's also very difficult, and I think we acknowledge it a little bit, but you're always changing, and also there's always the issue of just your brain tricking you into things, so you'll be like, ooh, that does sound like me, but then you'll be like, does it sound like me? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, self-doubt plays into there, and I think, again, self-compassion is just always really important, and it's a difficult thing to try to know yourself, but I think it's an important thing and it helps us try to be better people too. I agree. And I don't think that has to look like personality tests. I think mm-hmm. it could be some other form of self-reflection too, but I do think it is a valuable, a valuable thing to be self-reflective. Yeah, for sure. That is our show for this week. Thank you for listening to us talk about our socks and other things. And if you enjoyed listening to us talk, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, share it with a friend, and join us in two weeks. We're taking one week off because we're both going on vacation. So join us in two weeks for a discussion about routines and how they fit into our creative lives and wellness practices. For show notes and links to anything we talked about today, go to mariacatherine.com slash podcast slash 038. And Catherine is spelled K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. Thank you to Ben Ramsey, also known as the Cheese Beast, and Martha Barnard for helping with our music. And thank you to the Cheese Beast for audio editing. And until next week, never wear boring socks. And if you're absorbed in the absorbed, did I say absorbed?